What's up, cool cats and cuties? This is the Promenade Merchants Podcast, a Star Trek podcast out on the frontier. So sit down and grab a rock to Gino as David Majors and Heather Kirby talk all things Star Trek. Old, new, and what's to come. The Promenade Merchants are open for business. What's up, everybody? Welcome to the 46th episode of the Promenade Merchants Podcast, a independent Star Trek podcast with me, David Majors, and my fantastic co-host, Miss Heather Kirby. Heather, it's episode 46. How's it going? You know, it's going. It's been one of those days, weeks, it's all blending together where it, it it seems like everything is happening at once. But, you know, we still got a ton of Star Trek to talk about. So we're going to knock it out tonight. We're going to talk about our schedule for the next few weeks because we got so much stuff going on. And bing, bada bing, bada bang, bada boom. We're just going to throw it all out there. Well, everybody, it's okay that we've got a lot going on and, and a lot flew by because here on the Promenade Merchants podcast, sitting on the promenade, linear time is a little bit fluid. <laughs> what, what what with the, the profits and, and all. So linear time, things happening today, tomorrow, all at once, whatever. But in the meantime, in between time, we're going to talk about Star Trek. Now, if you're a brand new listener to the show, Thank you. We appreciate it. Thanks for tuning in. If you like it, subscribe and then unsubscribe and then resubscribe and then unsubscribe and then resubscribe again. I'd really appreciate it. (laughs) We have a little format to our show where we start with old business, where we talk a little bit about everything in Star Trek up to and including the Kelvin movies. Although I guess a little bit later, we might have to change that. Uh, But yeah. Heather, this was a topic that you brought up, because I'll be honest, everybody, today's episode kind of snuck up on me. That whole linear time thing, it really threw me off. Uh, So, Heather, what was your old business for today's episode? Well, you know, my head is on Star Trek Mission Chicago, and I'm really getting pumped and excited for the con. And so, in that scheme of things was where I thought of this old business topic of if you could meet any Star Trek character, because we'll get to meet some Star Trek actors who play these amazing characters at the con. But if you could meet any Star Trek character, who would you meet and why? Okay. So I thought about this one and it came down to a character that I've always really had an affinity for someone that I think in their series didn't get a lot of attention, but maybe they deserve a little more. And I'm speaking a little bit, I'm speaking specifically about the character. And I'm talking about Commander Chakotay from Star Trek Voyager. (laughs) Okay, okay, okay. I'll stop. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Go ahead. Keep going. I've said this for a long, long time. I think Chakotay is one of the most fascinating characters that Star Trek didn't really do much with because if you look at his bio and look at everything that he had he had these he grew up on a Native American Federation colony that kind of left the Federation to go on their own path he had these issues with his father that led him to joining starfleet that's kind of like jean-luc picard how he didn't want to stay at the family vineyard he wanted to join starfleet he was a boxer when he was younger he he learned how to fight professionally Uh, he's just this really fascinating dude he ended up joining the maquis and then going to voyager and being Catherine Janeway's first officer and being the de facto ship's counselor. And he had just a lot of stuff in that series that never really got explored enough for my taste. And that character, the character, Chakotay, after thinking it over, I, I thought about, I thought about who would be 
someone that would be unique and different because everybody's going to say Spock. Everybody's going to say Captain Janeway. Everybody's going to say Jean-Luc Picard. People are going to say Q, you know, the usual suspects. But I wanted to think of someone that was a little bit outside the box. And I've said many, many times, I love the cast of Voyager. I love the entire cast. And I do think they get overshadowed a little bit by Captain Janeway, who is a great character in her own right. But it is a great character with a cast of great characters. And the one that came to my mind was Chakotay. I'd really like to talk to him. I I, I respect everything you've put out there uh, when it comes to Chakotay. Like, yes, my first reaction was to laugh. I'm sorry. <laughs> but... No, I, 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 I respect that. Um, a, my, I, yes, my pick, my choice is from Voyager as well. No, it's not Captain Janeway, actually. Um, because the more I thought about it, the more I thought about someone that like, I could have something in common with and I could connect with. So I would just want to sit down and get to know them better. And so that person is seven of nine. Okay. Interesting choice. That is an interesting choice too. Yeah. Um, uh, She is now getting more fleshed out in Picard, which I really think is cool. And I'm really looking forward to the audio book, the, the audio drama. And Star Trek doing audio drama is so cool. I'm really looking forward to that. What do you think you share in common with Seven of Nine? I I, I think just her her personal journey and growth and and in really um, finding her own independence and her own voice. Um, it, that's something I really relate to in her character. And I like, I'll, I'll admit I appreciated it throughout Voyager, but I, I really super connected to her in season one of Picard. So I'm, I'm looking forward to seeing more of her throughout Picard. Uh, but I, I think seven is just an incredible, strong and independent character who when she was first introduced really uh was put on a path of trying to discover herself because she had been a part of the Borg for so long ever since she was a kid and going through that journey that most people go through as an adolescent into adulthood she was doing in adulthood and it's an interesting uh, parallel that people could relate to in a way um, even though it's something they might have done or gone through that same journey at a younger age so I, I really respect that about her character and it, it, it's something I'd, I'd like she's the type of character I could just sit there and drink some synthol with you know <laughs> and just hang out at a bar and just talk and so that, that that's the type of person i'd, I'd want to meet and want to get to know and as we've already seen seven of nine is a hilarious drunk <laughs> yes that was that was pretty fun um so yeah we both picked characters from voyager uh, I picked Chakotay, you picked Seven of Nine. That That's really interesting that we both picked characters from Voyager. Neither of them was Janeway. And I mean, I've I love Janeway. Said, I love Janeway. Yes, we all know yes, I love Janeway. Yes. But yeah, no. That, yes. Neither was Janeway. Right. And I love Tuvok. I love Harry Kim, Tom Paris, Belana Torres, who I am crazy about. And... I like that we both went a little bit outside of the box and I don't know. Should we start? Should we give this podcast a a Voyager name now instead of a DS nine name? Heather? (laughs) Nah, that's okay. Yeah. So somebody's got to stand up for DS nine out there Yeah. since none of the new Trek shows will. Yeah. Yeah. I said it. (laughs) 
Oh, I got a theory about that. We we could talk about that later. I got a theory about. Okay. That. Okay. All right. I want to hear that. I want to hear that. We'll talk about that because uh, old listeners of the podcast know that I'm I'm not happy with a lot of the modern Star Trek and what I've called DS Nine Eraser. So I, I will I, I will give Heather the floor on that one a little bit later. But let's jump into new business where we talk about what's happening in Star Trek in the here and in the now. Star Trek Discovery Season 4 is back from its mid-season hiatus where we got to see the remainder of Star Trek Prodigy. And now we are on Episode 8 of Season 4, Rubicon, where we saw the return of Commander Nan, and we saw... That Book and Michael Burnham, their relationship to a degree is still strained, but they are looking for ways to address the problem of the DMA, while Ruan Tarka is still going his own way with it. He and Book have taken Book's ship, and they are going to build a weapon to stop the DMA. Yeah, um, Tark is an evil bastard. (laughs) (laughs) I I mean, I keep saying this, okay? He's really an evil bastard. Um, Like, even in uh, our first episode back from the break, All In, um, we see them go to that awesome, like, uh, black market barge, and we got to see Joanne. Oh, shit, did I get the episodes mixed up? Did we get the episodes mixed up? Well, you started with this week's and, and just skipped over Damn all it. in, but that's okay. Uh, so yeah, uh, so the the first one back when they were on the black market barge, and uh, uh, Michael was trying to barter and get the uh. Oh, I forget the name of that thing that they need. The isolytic material they needed. The for isolytic their, weapon. For the isolytic weapon, yes. Uh, so uh, that was such a fun episode. Uh, and even though ultimately Book won that game of poker, um, I love how in the end Michael just kind of still got the upper hand because she put a tracker on it, you know. Plus, we got to see Joanne kick some ass. So that was awesome. Um, But, like, even in that episode, like, uh, Tarka was just didn't want to play along. You know, I I, I don't know. He he just keeps rubbing me the wrong way. He he didn't want to play nice. (laughs) Um, And then we, when we go into Rubicon, it's like, Tarka just keeps making decisions that Book's not involved in that are deeper and darker than something Book would have decided to do. And he's leading him down this dark path. Like when he bought extra market security defenses to add to Book's ship without telling him, like, it's his damn ship. Come on now. How are you going to do that? So they couldn't board his ship and they almost destroy the entire uh away party and then ultimately in rubicon when uh he tarka fires the weapon even after book agrees to stand down like that just shows that he 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 has something more in mind and he as much as he He's talking about how he wants that power source. Like, ultimately, it didn't work out for him in the end because the power source was on the other side of the galaxy. He couldn't get his damn power source, which is what he wanted in the first place. Why he wanted to do all of this in the first place to get that power source. And he didn't freaking get it. Like, that's what he gets for trying to just... uh, I, I can't even think of the right words for it. He, he, he's just trying to push he's, and... He's... I I would call Tarka a man that is driven to obsession. 
and he's really yeah. lost his sense of reality. He, he, and he's lost that's his sense not a good of thing. Reality and his sense of right and wrong. Like just at, at, he's willing to go the complete distance to get what he wants and he does not care who he hurts in the process and he's taking Booker down with him. And unless it reminds me, it does remind me of something Lorca said in season one. And this is something that really stuck with me. Lorca said, sometimes the ends justify terrible means. And I think that's what Tarka is going for. He is willing to do whatever it takes and get through whoever to get what he needs out of the DMA. And on one hand, yeah, it's not good, the stuff he's doing. He nearly killed a few members of the Discovery crew. He manipulated a a lot of Federation Council members during that vote. He nearly blew up Discovery, um, trying to figure out a way to stop the DMA. And he seems obsessed with getting back to whatever it is that he can find. And he's using Book, most of all. He's using Book's grief, using Book's trauma to for his own ends. And I've said earlier that I thought Tarka was a fascinating villain. He is a very interesting villain, and villains can be interesting characters. I'm not rooting for Tarka by any means, but I will admit I want to see what's going to happen to him. I want to see what it is that he's searching for. I I don't necessarily think he'll get it, but I'm interested in how this season is going to wrap that up. I... You know, I I do agree with you on that point because there's been a lot of chatter like they don't think people online do not think like this entire storyline with Species 10C is going to wrap up by the end of the season. And I'm at the point I'm hope I hope it doesn't, but what I do think we are going to wrap up by the end of the season is to have Tarka's motivations and and ultimately what he is searching for and what he's trying to do is going to be fully revealed by the end of the season, I think. So I think that that's going to be the wrap up by the, of the end of the season. And it's going to be interesting to see what exactly that is because all, all they've told us so far is that he wants the power source to get to another universe and that doesn't necessarily mean the mirror universe. That's how he puts it, at least. It means a different alternate universe in which the burn never happened and he never lost his friends or something like that. Um, but I I definitely think there's more to the story than that. Uh, because he would not be so obsessed and so motivated if that was it. You know, there's more to that story that hasn't been told yet. And I I think that is what we're ultimately going to see in the final episodes of season four. Right. And that's that's kind of what I want to see from Tarka. I want to see what it is that he is so obsessively driven to find and what this power source is going to lead to. If it opens up another universe that isn't the mirror universe, cool. That's interesting. I'm interested in that. And I'm still interested in everything in this season so far. Uh, We also got a little bit more with Mr. Saru and Vulcan President Tarina. (laughs) It, It has to be said, everyone is rooting for these two. And when we talk about the next episode, All In... Or, or was that Rubicon? That's uh, one of them. Yeah. When we talk about the next episode, <laughs> we'll 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 go back to that, and we're going to talk about Doctor Culper. And I I have a, a little bit of a gripe with Doctor Culper in that in that bit too. So the saga between Saru and President Tarina goes on. Heather, yes. 
it, it definitely feels like a, a will they, won't they thing, but everyone's rooting for them. Oh, yeah, I think so. Everyone's rooting for them. Um, even Dr. Colbert. <laughs> yes, even Dr. Colbert. <laughs> so, yeah, um, I, 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 I think Saru deserves. And, you know, honestly, like Saru has watched Michael find time to have a relationship, even though he's seeing how it's affecting her now. Um and, you know, he, he deserves that as well. So, but I think he thinks that, like, uh, his ward and his life back on Kaminar is his personal side uh, relationship. And so, because of that, he doesn't have time for a, a personal relationship with Tarina. But um, he's wrong. And so, he, he's he, got a lot on his plate. He's yeah. got a lot on his plate. You know, everybody deserves to be happy, even Saru. Uh, Saru definitely does. So the next episode, All In. There's a lot in this episode. This episode had a lot of stuff going on. It's it's hard to even narrow it down. It had poker, a Star Trek staple. It had a changeling. It had a casino. It had Joanne... Oh, wow! Awosakun showing off her combat skills. And it had Book and Burnham in the middle of all of this having a lot of fun with one another. Yeah, yeah. I I, I mean, so yeah, we should have talked about this first because this one came first. But um, uh, like I said before, this episode was a whole lot of fun. Um, I it It really showed the type of relationship that book and Burnham have. And then it's kind of hard to watch Rubicon after this because you see that fractured so much when they're battling each other in Rubicon. Um, And it's like all in is like, okay, we're, we're still not quite there yet. And we're still trying to work things out and hopefully do this civilly. And then, we get to Rubicon and it's like, nope, can't do it anymore. Um, so it, it, it's kind of hard to watch that relationship go from that, what what happens in All In to what happens the following week in Rubicon. But it, it, it's a really enjoyable and fun episode. And so the, there's just a lot of fun elements to it. I've really grown to like Michael Burnham a lot in season four because – it really showed in this episode, especially where you could see Burnham really kind of letting her personality come out a little more and and having some fun and being a little bit more lighthearted, even if it was for strategic purposes. Uh, she's not trying so hard to be a logical Vulcan type of person. She's not going through these heavy amounts of emotional trauma from the earlier seasons. You can see that her year with book in the future and being in the future has really changed her and let her become more of herself. And I think we're starting to see a little bit more of Sonequa Martin green in Michael Burnham, that fun side of her personality. And I think that really showed in all in and in i liked what i saw yeah yeah i agree one more thing about all in that i don't think we can gloss over this episode had a changeling (laughs) yes yes it did does that mean that 900 years plus removed from deep space nine changelings have left the gamma quadrant have they left the great link were there other changelings that the dominion left across the galaxy Uh, i think that's that's an interesting one or maybe at the end of the day it was just a little bit of fan service uh you know probably a little bit of both i i I mean it is finally a decent ds9 reference in uh discovery so that's nice uh, but I, I, I mean, we've seen so many 
different uh, races that we know and love throughout Star Trek show up in the the past two seasons of Discovery, 900 years in the future. And so it, it's nice to know that they're still around and they're still surviving as a society. And I think the same thing goes for changelings. I'm interested in if they will come back. I'm definitely interested because we saw a Ferengi, we saw a Cardassian, and we've seen uh, we've seen a, a Morn species, Morn from DS9. Mm-hmm. So there have been various classic Star Trek aliens, as well as new ones, and that's really cool. I I like that Discovery is expanding the Star Trek universe while also giving tribute to what was already there. Yeah, definitely. All right. So before we jump into upcoming business, you said you had a theory on something for DS9? Oh, no. It has to do with upcoming business. So we'll we'll talk about that in upcoming. Yeah. All right. Upcoming business. All right. So for upcoming business where we talk about what is coming in the world of Star Trek, what lies beyond, if you will. Uh, first things first, I think we have to announce that it is official from J.J. Abrams himself. In the CBS Viacom Paramount investor call, Abrams announced that a fourth Star Trek Kelvin movie is in production and primary filming will be in December. Yeah, so... I. <laughs> I, I, I'm honestly um, okay. JJ announced it himself, but apparently told none of the Kelvin cast members that because they were all like, oh, we're making another movie? We had no idea. Uh, so I honestly still don't believe it until it happens. Okay. Still don't <laughs> believe it. You're not, you're not going to believe it until you're in the line at the theater, right? Yes. Okay. Um, I'll say if the director of the movie says that it's happening and he set a date of when filming is going to start, that's good enough for me. Like if he's the guy making the movie and if he's saying it, I I will say, all right, cool. He's, he's going to make the movie. All right. Uh, So we're directing it though. Seems like it. That's what it seems like. Because, I mean, he only directed the first one. The other, he didn't direct, like, Into Darkness or Beyond. He just produced it. If if he produced it or, or directed it, that means he's directly involved with it happening. So I'm, I'm going to say that's good enough for me. Uh, if, no, no. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> for me, it's good enough. Okay. I'm saying it's good enough for me. Okay. Now, this also means we are not getting a Quentin Tarantino Star Trek movie because that was declared dead. Now, when I actually, uh, I actually did decide to look at the story that this was reported on, and they actually had what would have been the potential idea for this Tarantino movie. I guess he and someone else was brainstorming what could have been. Now, Heather, this is the first time you're hearing this, and this is probably the first time some of our listeners are hearing this. But the story was that the Kelvinverse crew would get sent back in time to the 1920s. And it would be like a, a gangster flick in the 1920s. And that was the general premise. And when I heard that, it reminded me of an episode of TOS where the same thing happened. A piece of the action. That's what it was called. A piece of the action from an episode of Star Trek TOS. And when I heard that, it was like, huh, okay, that that's actually not the worst thing I've heard. That's not that's not the worst idea, even though I'm the guy that doesn't like time travel in Star Trek. My thought was, 
that's that's almost in line with everything else in Star Trek. That's really not that far off at all. But it's not going to happen, so it's irrelevant anyway. Uh, Heather, I found this kind of interesting. Uh, what did you think? I think it's an absolutely horrible idea, and I'm glad I don't have to see it. <laughs> okay, but, Heather, but- I'm going to put you on the spot. I'm going to put you on the spot, Heather. If it wasn't Quentin Tarantino directing it, how would you feel? I still wouldn't want to watch it. Okay. All right. I I, okay. I I mean, I honestly, the my idea of a Tarantino movie that I thought would be interesting to see would be entirely set in the Mirror Universe because I think he would have done mm. that well. Um, like you said, it, it is reminiscent of the TOS episode, which is actually on an alien planet. It's not on Earth, so they don't go back in time. But they end up on this alien planet where they took this book about Chicago gangsters and used it as like the whole formation of their society. So you could have done something with that in which they go back to Iconia (laughs) instead of doing a time travel thing. Because just having a Star Trek movie set on Earth is boring. Like, Star Trek is supposed to be about science fiction and exploring new worlds. And yes, we have plenty of time travel episodes that are set on Earth throughout the series, but we've never had a movie like that. Because I'm not sure I would want to sit there and watch two and a half hours of just them being in the 1920s on Earth. That's not Star Trek, in my opinion. So. Okay. All right, I hear you. I hear you. I I can see where you're coming from on that, especially since I'm the one that says I don't like time travel. I I get where you're coming from. Okay. All right. I I think you've sold me. I think you've <laughs> sold me on it. Okay. But like I think the premise of it being in a different place than Quentin Tarantino trying to write the Federation. <laughs> I don't think that would work at all. Mm-hmm. Uh, but if it were in an unusual setting, I think that would have been interesting. Yeah. But it's all for naught since it's not happening anyway. All right. Now I really want to know what, what your theory is on DS9 since okay. we're in upcoming business. I really want to know. So uh, there was a post from a fan uh, website, I believe it was Trek Central, where they mentioned that for an IMDb update for season two of Picard listed a stunt double who was listed as James Callis's stunt double. Now, for anyone who has not watched Battlestar Galactica, James Callis was on Battlestar Galactica. But the interesting thing here is that James Callis gets confused and uh, like looks very similar to and gets confused a lot with Alexander Siddig. So <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, my random theory here, because the post was listed as, oh, possibly James Callis in season two of Picard. Uh, no, I would honestly think it's more likely that instead of bringing James Callison as a new character in Picard, we have Julian Bashir show up in season two of Picard. That's and my it would DS9. be James Callis playing him? No, no, no. It, the, the, basically, the post was brought on by um, them listing a man who is listed on IMDb as James Callis's stunt double. There is absolutely no proof that James Callis is going to be in Picard. So a stunt double is someone who looks similar to the actor. James Callis and Alexander Siddig look similar to each other. So someone who is James Callis's stunt double could very easily be Alexander Siddig's stunt double. Or it could be Alexander Siddig himself. Maybe it's like a super hidden Easter egg. 
Maybe well, yeah, it really uh, is him. Like, like I said, that that that's the, it. It was just listed under stunt doubles. There's no extra cast for that episode, so it it's just people speculating as to who this guy is stunt is the stunt double for because he's listed as the stunt double for James Callis. This kind of reminds me of Shazad Latif in Star Trek Discovery. He had his own name when he was playing Ash Tyler. Mm -hmm. But when he was playing Volk, it was credited as his father's name. But he was playing both of them. Yeah. And maybe that's kind of the thing they're doing. Maybe, Heather, I think you might have stumbled onto something. I think... I think this this might be something that we'll have to keep an eye on. I think c- kind of like how when I saw Anson Mount have Strange New Worlds in his Twitter bio way back when, yeah. I-, I think you might have stumbled onto something, Heather, that James Callis's stunt double might be somebody that looks like James Callis. Yeah. Okay. Heather, you get all the points today for today's episode. <laughs> I, I think you you stumbled onto something that was legit genius. Speaking of things that are genius, or, or maybe not, uh, this teaser for Star Trek Strange New Worlds that aired after or, or during the CBS Investor Call, uh, there was a snafu. I guess, Heather, I guess there was a leak. I know there were leaks of some photos, but there wasn't anything about an actual trailer, was there? No, as as far as I know, um, it seems like the people who were on the investor call and a lot of the people who have press credentials with uh, CBS and were on that investor call posted screenshots of the teaser And a lot of this included, like, fan sites uh, who have press credentials for CBS. Posted screenshots of the teaser. um, And instead of CBS releasing the teaser trailer that they showed in the investor thing, um, they immediately uh, sent out cease and desist messages to anyone who posted screenshots from that teaser, uh, including a lot of... Trek fan sites. So I, I, I mean, it, it's an, there's a whole big uproar about it. Um, from what I understand, like I, it wasn't publicly available because a lot of people were complaining about the fact that it was something that they had released publicly. And then they insisted that they didn't want people to show it, but it wasn't publicly available. Like investor calls are not, something that is publicly available is just available to people on that call. So I'm not quite sure how their things are set up like that. Like I, they didn't really release uh, like the, the official CBS or Paramount um, Twitter feed that was covering that didn't release any images or video or anything that was actually shown on the call so i'm guessing it's not something that they were wanted to or wanted to readily release to the public and just people some people decided to do it anyway um yeah i i i I don't know i'm not upset at cbs for that i think it was kind of well, maybe they shouldn't have showed it if they didn't want people to release it, but maybe they should have told them ahead of time they didn't want them to release it. So Yeah, there it is. Yeah. Um, I, I, I'm not quite sure exactly what happened there, but there is apparently a Strange New Worlds teaser trailer that exists, and people who were on that investor call have seen it, but no one else has publicly seen it yet. <laughs> so... We'll get that eventually. <laughs> I don't know when. But I, I think it's just, it, it's once again an example of Paramount really not doing the best on their promotional side when it comes to some of their Star Trek stuff. And 
I, I mean, I, I, I'm the biggest person to sit there and say, you know, it's a complicated business and try to defend them. But when it keeps happening over and over again, it gets to the point it's kind of ridiculous. And you kind of just want to look at them and be like, hey, guys, get sh- what are you doing? Yeah, get your, <laughs> get your shit together. OK, figure out what you're doing before you start doing stuff like this. So I don't know. It's a big mess. And we still don't have the trailer. We, we still have next to nothing on Strange New Worlds. Yeah. And I, I know people are, will start getting agitated about that. I know they will. But we've got some better news in the meantime. Star Trek Prodigy. We're finally getting toys for Star Trek Prodigy. You would think this would have happened earlier, but no. But now it's here. And... I think that this was kind of a no-brainer. Like I said, I'm not. I'm surprised this didn't happen ahead of time. Uh, we will be getting some action figures from Playmates Toys. Uh, we've got a Jankum Pog, yay, <laughs> Gwen, Dal, Zero, and of course Murph, and Rock Talk. No, Rock Talk's not on it. Rock Talk is well, included I, in the release. I'm seeing, oh, yeah, you're right. Rock Talk will be early 2023. Uh, They're going to be 5-inch, 1 to 14 scale figures, so 5-inch action figures. And they will be out in October of 22 online and in in stores in spring of 2023. So that'll be right around the time Rock Talk is officially released. All of the toys for Star Trek Prodigy will be in stores. This is cool, in my opinion. However, I think that they missed something, Heather. I I think it's very cool that there will be toys for Star Trek Prodigy. I think that will be something for Trekkies of all ages to enjoy. But they missed something, Heather. Do you know what I'm talking about? No. Okay. I've been talking about this almost since the very first episode of Star Trek Prodigy. Murph plush dolls. Oh, well, yeah. <laughs> now, I, I know that they are being made and sold elsewhere, but this is another one of those things, like I've talked about with uniforms, where I feel like if Star Trek and the people behind the franchise and the people at CBS and Paramount want something that will print them money you give people a a little soft cuddly murph plush toy i feel like that's a license to print money Am, am i crazy i mean no you're not crazy and and this is another one of those situations where i like to go well licensing is complicated and I don't understand exactly how it all works, which is why I don't want to sit there and trash them too heavily on it. But I, I do feel that they've gotten to this, the point, especially with lower decks and now prodigy where they have enough IP ideas when it comes to making plush dolls that they can, definitely start searching for a licensing um avenue for that uh you know build a bear (laughs) everyone has licenses that build a bear we can get star trek over at build a bear uh instead of calling it build a bear you can make a murph yeah so there it is star trek you're welcome like you know they they just need to i i mean it's one of those things you we need to still keep screaming into the void um, to the people who make those decisions at Star Trek that plush dolls are something that would make them money. Um, and hopefully we will eventually get there. But it's good to see that they they are putting things out for Star Trek Prodigy because by all accounts, it was extremely successful and it's all the more reason for it to keep going. Oh, definitely. Definitely. All right. What else have we got for a new business? Hmm. I'll see. I can't think of anything. Heather. <laughs> there's, there's nothing else going on. Like, we don't have anything else going on. There's no nothing 
big happening in April. Jeez, what else is there? Oh yeah, oh yeah, Mission Chicago, Star Trek Mission Chicago in April. Uh, yeah, we're gonna be there. We are gonna be there. I'm excited. Uh, I am super excited. The photo ops and autograph tickets went on sale this past week. So I got my tickets to meet Janeway. Oh, I'm sorry. I mean, Kate Mulgrew. Yes, I'm going to get to meet Kate Mulgrew. And I'm super excited about that. Uh, But they also, I know a lot of people have expressed concerns about Mission Chicago and the amount of guests that are supposed to be at the con because there's not a whole lot. Um, But they are slowly adding more. Because uh, they just announced this past week um, that we will have two guests from Enterprise joining uh, the convention, uh, Dominic Keating and Anthony Montgomery. So we are now at the point where we have at least one guest from every live action show that has put out at least one season. <laughs> what <about> that? <laughs> Including DS9. Yes. Where, where Nana Visitor will be there. So I might have to get my guest photo op and, and take it with Mama Nana. I might have to do that. So, yeah. I, I, it'll be, there, are, there are a lot of them that I'd like to meet, including Nana Visitor. So I mean, I, I will be spending some money. <laughs> I feel like I think the 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 guest selection having it spread across all the shows is kind of nice because it, it's not overwhelming my pocketbook. <laughs> you know? So I know there's a couple that I really absolutely need to meet and spend the money on. And then there's others where I'm just like, Oh, Hey, yeah, that's okay. I'll, I'll go listen to them talk, but I, I don't have to spend money on them. And so I, I, as much as people want to to diss the convention for not having a huge guest list, like Star Trek Las Vegas, who has like a ridiculous amount of guests already, and it's Everybody. in August, like I I I, I don't want to do that because for me, I'm very happy with the amount of guests that are coming, and I, I feel like it's not going to overwhelm me or my wallet. <laughs> to go so i'm super excited for it and i get to meet kate mulgrew like there's nothing better than that in my opinion nothing better i think i'm going to put the money down to meet anthony rapp and nana visitor i think that's what i'm gonna do i think that's what i'll do yeah anthony is the other one i'm spending money on i i haven't gotten the tickets yet i wanted to get my tickets for kate's first because they were the most expensive uh, but sure. Anthony is the other one I am definitely, uh, definitely going to drop some money on. So, um, and that's plenty of money <laughs> for the just for <laughs> yes, those two yes combined. So, <laughs> yes, it I'm is. okay with that. Okay, so lastly on this episode, we should probably talk about the thing we're doing with our friends over at Strange New Pod for their festival. For Captain Picard Week, Heather. Uh, Heather and I, the Promenade Merchants, will be doing a Sunday morning, very special live stream podcast. Uh, Heather has done an amazing job of putting this together with the guys at Strange New Pod. And I, I would be more than happy to let Heather take the con on this one and, and tell everybody what we're going to get to do with Strange New Pod for Captain Picard Week. Well, yes, I am re- just really thrilled and excited to be a part of a pa- of a podcast festival like this. Um, it, it's a wonderful way to just get our voices out there. And I, I'm so happy that uh, they are letting us participate, which is awesome. Uh, we are going to be live streaming on Twitch at 10 a.m. on Sunday, uh, February the 27th. And... It is Captain Picard week, so our topic had to be in some sort of relation to Captain Jean-Luc Picard. Uh, With that, I came up with the idea of the topic uh, discussing Picard and Guinan, their friendship through time, because I love Guinan as a character, and it also kind of fits with the format of our show. 
because it's basically going to be like a set up like a regular podcast episode of our show, except for we are just going to be focusing on Picard and Guinan. We'll be talking about some of their best moments uh, in TNG, uh, specifically the episodes I had in mind were Q-Who, uh, Time's Arrow, and the movie Generations, which focus a lot on the two of their their relationship and their friendship together. And then in the new business section, we'll be talking about our predictions for what we will see with Guinan in season two of Picard. And I'm also super excited because I wanted to have at least one guest join us. So Giraffe, who is one of the co-hosts at Strange New Pod, will be joining us for our podcast. Um, I'm super excited to have her on. It's 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 just going to be a lot of fun. Uh, Picard, Guinan, special guest Giraffe, uh, talking all about the two of them. Patrick Stewart, Whoopi Goldberg. Uh, it's going to be amazing, and it's all happening next Sunday, the twenty seventh at 10 a.m., live streaming on Twitch, uh, podcast feeds available next day. And we really hope that you tune in. And we really hope you enjoyed this episode of The Promenade Merchants. Thank you for listening. Heather, thank you for dealing with me getting things mixed up. Uh, I'm going through a bit of a medical issue right now in real time. So as soon as we're done, I'm probably going to be giving Dr. Bashir a call. So thank you all for listening, everybody. Follow Heather on Twitter at NerdyGal33. She's great. She changes her avatar once a month. It's pretty cool. She talks about all sorts of fandom things, and it's, it's very, very cool. Follow the podcast at Prom Trek Pod. Send us an email, PromenadeTrekPod at gmail.com. We love conversations like that. Uh, please send us an email. That'd be really cool. And thank you again one more time for listening. And until next time, live long and send source. 